Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another season of The Vibe Tribe and a brand new game here at Vibe Tribe Productions. I am your Dungeon Master, Riku, also go by Chris, and welcome to the Crystal City. This is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that is using... You know what? I'll get into a little bit more about the explanation a little later once we introduce everybody. But I'm so excited to bring you this new campaign. You can follow me on social media as PupRiku or PuppyRiku. It all depends on what app you're using. You can also find me on various other shows here on the Vibe Tribe. Back in Season 1 with Friday Night Fights and Furusato, as well as our current season here as your Dungeon Master on the Academy, as well as on a few other shows like Tavern Tales, A Walk Among Gods, and... Brave New Wild. I don't know why that, that one always trips me up. I don't know why. But, anywho. But, this game can't be done without my players. So, let's go ahead and introduce our players, starting with the one, the only, the chaotic, at least in my opinion, Kilt. I love that you knew exactly how I was going to call you out. Yes. I was like, I'm sitting here looking off to the side, and I'm like, oh, don't choose me first, don't choose me first, I'm still editing, I'm still editing. Okay, hello everyone, and I, of course, are we doing character introductions, or are we going to wait till later for that? I just want to ask We're going to wait, we're going to wait till characters, uh, after we give the introductions. Cool! I am Kiltman42, I am one of the executive members here at Vibe Tribe Productions, and... Uh, <laughs> hey, Kilt, where else can we find you? That's basically it. I'm on TikTok, maybe, I'm on Twitter, I think. Honestly. You're also in another game. <laughs> oh, that's right. I am also in another game. You can tell so we're used. a bunch of professionals. <laughs> this is good. This is good. We just did this yesterday. And see, in all honesty, I forget that I'm on multiple shows because I'm so used to only being on one and then disappearing. So, yes, I'm also on a walk. I'm currently on a walk amongst gods with a mini and as well as also Mikey and... Uh, my favorite, uh, our current storyteller. I uh, over there. I play the the portmaster, Michael Portsmith. Awesome. All right, and next up we have the mad lad himself, Mikey. I am very mad. It is going to be a great time. But hello, everyone. This is Mikey, the founder of the Vibe Tribe. I'm excited because I'm in the player's seat for this one, but you can follow me all over the social medias at Pop Culture Geek, as well as all of us collectively on Vibe Tribe Productions. Make sure to give a like and a follow because you're going to want to stay up to date with everything that we got going on because boy, howdy, it is a lot. But as I said, I am the mad lad that runs everything from behind the scenes. I'm the one that founded this little organization. But I'm really excited because now I just get to be chaotic as all in this as a player. So this is going to be a good time. And you can find me running up too many games, playing in a couple as well. Too many to name at this point. But look on our website. You'll find me. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, the new website, which is still when we're recording this as, recording. as of this recording is still in development, but I will say this for when this opens, and this is giving myself a goal, that by the time you are hearing this, the website will be up and ready. I am giving myself that goal, because that will pressure me into finishing it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Next up, we have Dakota. Hey, I am Dakota, or Shiro. 
I'm also a member of the executive team here at Vibe Tribe. You can find me playing in the Academy as well as Call of the Deep for our previous games that are continuing. And in this new season, you can find me here as well as on Duskvale and Tavern Tales. Wonderful, wonderful. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, yes, if you're listening to us, we're also on YouTube now. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, Dakota is also our lovely editor for this for this game. Which means la- it's my fault. Which means it's his fault. <laughs> you better make me look good. I want to review this before before it goes out. Oh, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna give you a mustache, a bigger mustache. Like a <laughs> mustache. Be great. Oh man, I regret nothing. Oh lordy. And finally, we have one of my favorite players that I get to play with on the academy, Chris. It's uh. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to just all kinds of craziness coming up in this new season. I'm not from Chris. We duplicate names. It always causes confusion. But I am slowly gaining a little cred in this tabletop tabletop gaming world, trying to anyway. But it's a great group. It's always fun. It's always entertaining. So just sit back and enjoy, and it's going to be a blast. Hell yeah. All right. So those are just four of our players. We do have two other players who unfortunately could not be here tonight. But we, with the power of editing, you'll be able to meet them shortly after you meet these four. Let's get right down into exactly what is the Crystal City. For those of you who are fans of Dungeons and Dragons and a lot of the different adventures and source books that they put out, the Crystal City is based on Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. It's one of my favorite source books that are out there with a lot of great adventures. And when concepting what I wanted to do for this season, I decided to take the, take the adventures of the Radiant Citadel and turn it into a full campaign. So this will have an overarching story with it, connecting all of these grand adventures that our players will be going on. But as for the Crystal City itself, The Crystal City is a place of legend. From all across the multiverse, all across these different universes and worlds, the Crystal City is the one thing that seems to bind them all together. Whether you think it's a fairy tale, an urban myth, or one of the lucky adventurers who happened to come across it, Crystal City is the crossroads of the worlds. It is a vibrant city full of festivals, energy, people from all different walks of life coming together into one place. People come and go from their own adventures, while there are people who live in the Crystal City. That is the one thing that many of the stories of the Crystal City don't tell. How do people become residents of the Crystal City. Because all adventurers have traveled through and were denied many times. So even though there's a lot of people who live there, it's still a mystery of why and how. So this story will bring together a group of adventurers to the Crystal City and get to see all of its wonders and where it could lead throughout these universes. 
Now, in talking to the cast, I have told them, as they are thinking about their characters, to also think about the world that they are from. The biggest thing is that all six of our players will be coming from different worlds, different universes, unknown to each other, unknown cultures, names, what have you. So while you introduce yourself, I don't need to fully flesh out now. I do need it more fleshed out for, for session one. But if you have an idea of where you want to go with the world that you're in, feel free to talk about that as well. To get us started to learn about our crazy cast of characters who we'll be adventuring through, let's go ahead and go in reverse order this time. Sutfin, why don't you go ahead and introduce your character first and where they're from, who they are, and what should we be expecting? I'm the button. It's a very original name I came up with. Playing a dwarven fighter named Steve. So original. I mean... (laughs) My brain, the, those that wasn't working very well when I came up with it. Obviously, it, it kind of and it follows the, I think the idea of where I'm building out his character. It's nothing. I would say maybe an everyman or every dwarf kind of thing. Just very, I'm going to say very down to earth. That's a little too much, but he's, uh, yeah, I mean that that does fit actually. I would go on with your 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 friend's champion. He's there to support you. He's there to do what, and that kind of follows along with his background. Nothing really stellar. Nothing really stands out. So, and then I've just gone blank. Um, completely forgot to turn the thought that was going on. All good. We definitely have plenty of time to. Yeah, it'll come to. It'll, it'll, oh yeah, it'll jump back to me. Yeah. So a couple questions, and this is something that everyone else can also start thinking about. If you might not have a full answer right now, of course, but something to think about with your character, and I'd be interested if you knew. Does Steve have any sort of grand ambition or some sort of dream they wish to achieve in their world? I was I would think that's like specifically if you were to say one actual dream goal, nothing real specific. It just wants to okay. in, in whatever way that's Bashing somebody with hammer, or if it's fixing on soup, that kind of thing. He just wants to, he wants to help. He wants to help and make people comfortable. I guess you could say. He's, All right. He's, he's, he's your buddy. I guess the one of his one builder questions and so like what is uh, I guess his fear is that he's not able to complete that quest goal, whatever. Um, Whatever. It's almost like an obsessive thing for Ah, yeah, that's that is actually definitely an interesting, very interesting direction to go. A lot of times we always have these trying to help maybe a little too much to where it's kindness to a right. Yeah, that's but he's not, he always wants to be the nice guy, but there's that little bit of. I'm not going to say spite, but maybe just ire that he carries around with him. So it's the person like he, he's the one don't want to be on the bad side mm. because there's, it's one of those, as far as you go this way for kindness and niceness, it's also, he can also go that opposite direction as far as just writing you off. He can be pissy and just, you know, go that route as well. Deep down, there's a little bit of him that 
secretly wishes that he could play that role, that role of the bad guy all the time. But he's torn. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I can definitely see that playing off really well in this story. It's really cool. I'm really interested to see where this goes. Um, so I'm looking forward to more. All right. Next up, Dakota. What do you got for us? So I am going to be playing a plasmoid, which is just going to be a slime. They're not going to be doing like a lot of transformation stuff named CL, who is currently a fighter as well. We'll see if that stays if we decide to keep that as a fighter. This slime comes from a world that that was literally just slimes. There's no like real civilization, no structure. The world is an advanced. Think sprawling hills and like mountains and caves and then just the occasional slime walking around. And the biggest issue they have in life is figuring out what nutrition they're going to take in for the day. And eventually, somehow, something ended up in that world that wasn't supposed to be there. A book that held stories of adventures and heroes. And this little slime found this book and read or absorbed it and read these stories. And now that is a desire, something they want to emulate. Because there there wasn't anything, right? This is like the first impression on a world. Very cool. So you're saying essentially Seal wants to be an adventurer. He yeah, wants to wants live to, out wants stories. to be a hero, like a fairy tale hero. Okay. Now, they know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Has, so you say th this role is just slimes and such. Do you have folks in this world that you also end up interacting with? Or is it just everyone in this world is pretty much on their own? My, my initial thoughts on it are that the slimes are barely sentient. They're, gotcha. they're almost like wild beasts. And the only reason this slime is different is because it had something to read. Some something to latch onto beyond primal instinct. How does have you have seal have any odd reactions from any of the other slimes, or do they barely even notice? I would think that because they're so primitive, they probably don't notice. But whereas, like I imagine, there's some type of hive mind. I don't think they're connected to that hive mind anymore. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Very cool. That would be interesting. I think I have an idea for that. <laughs> awesome. All right, Mikey, what do you got? I'm really excited for this one. How much of everything do I share at this point? Because <laughs> I, I, I have his hometown, I have parents, I have a core crisis, I have a lot of things already in my head. Go ahead and share the basics Okay, I'll give basics you... basics of where he's from, where this character's from, who they are. You don't ah, have to go into really deep details about relationships and such. And uh, we could talk about all that other stuff later, or you could send it to me in a document or whatever. Okay, that is fair. <laughs> Alrighty, so I'm really excited to test out this character. So one of the things that I went into this for me to create this character, I wanted to revisit. The very first class that I ever played, which was only like two and a half years ago for being transparent here, that when I started being things like that. But I will be playing as Ambrose, an Eladrin cleric who is going to multi-class into a wizard. So I'm really excited to be more specific. He is a Tempest domain <laughs> cleric. So Ambrose is comes from a little island 
I say island, but it's like island in the sky kind of thing. And uh, he comes from this little island called Aire. And essentially what he is, he is, he considers himself a very devout follower as he is a cleric. But from where he's from, there's kind of two viewpoints on the different like dichotomies of magic. If it's of the church, it is of good and holy, but anything learned outside in books and things like that is seen as evil. So very, I don't want to say cultish, but cultish, but not cultish, but also a little bit cultish. It's always a cult, (laughs) but definitely not a cult. So essentially, it definitely not a cult. So essentially, he started questioning and he wanted to go out into the world and discover the answers to the questions that he has in his life. And so he may or may not have not gotten approval to leave the temple to go on his pilgrimage, so to speak. But Ambrose's big goal for himself for this adventure is to learn more about the world, learn more about the people that live within the world and formulate his own answer to the question of what defines true good and evil in the world. So essentially out there for more like those kind of morality questions. Oh yeah. He's going very philosophical. He wants to understand how people work, what kinds of decisions they make, what leads to those decisions. He wants to get a viewpoint of the world and not just in his limited scope. So he wants to expand his knowledge whether or not the temple agrees with his sentiment or not. Okay. Okay. So so you say may or may not have gotten permission to leave the temple. I'm going to need you to be a little more specific. Did you or did you not get? No. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> no. he. So the way that I figured about it is he didn't get express permission, but he just told his bestie that he has there that he was going. And he's like, all right, I can't really cover for you, but I'll do what I can. Yeah, he didn't ask for permission to leave. So, he, yeah, he didn't ask for permission. He just did it on a whim. Cool. Has has Ambrose, like, I know Ambrose is out there adventuring on his own and looking for those answers. Has, I'm sorry, what is Ambrose's pronounce? Oh, Ambrose is he, him. Okay. What is his, has, or I should say, has he had any run-ins where he's being looked for? And how has those interactions gone, if at all? As far as those kind of interactions go, I think Ambrose is not dumb. (laughs) He probably knows people are like people are watching him as he goes throughout. However, the severity of the level we can deal with later. But right now, Ambrose has not necessarily had face to face confrontations with said people, but he can eye from a distance and kind of see people just looking from afar and is okay. Probably shouldn't be staying in this place for too long. So let's get going. And more so not not out of the sense of he wants to get caught, but more of the sense is I'm just learning about these people. Let's not get them involved in my nonsense real quick. All right. Fair. Never, never meddle in others affairs. Interesting. All right. All right. And last but not least, and the one, (laughs) the first character that I learned about for this campaign, Kilt, go ahead. Good evening. I wish to introduce to you the dish pit acolyte, Sauté. From the world of fricassee comes forth 
the palate initiate of the holy order of the saints of flavor, dish pit acolyte saute. He is charged with the holy quest of bringing forth to all corners of existence the holy words of the saints, may they ever be in your flavor, and sharing a full table wherever he goes. He is in the service of the saint of savory. His goal is to one day become the head chef of the order and bring food and the savory words of the saints to everyone in existence. His trusty chef's knife, the slicer of life, and his favorite cooking tool, the dough cleaver. He travels everywhere he can. May the saints be ever in his flavor, herd chef. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so no, I'm not. And Kilt has a peanut gallery. <laughs> you do have a peanut gallery. And unfortunately, I had to pause them for a second so I could say the next piece. I have been developing this character for as long as I've known Mikey. For at least three to four years now, the Saints of Flavor was born out of a TikTok co collaboration I did with a TikToker by the name of the Hermit Druid, who started doing different TikTokers as D&D characters, as well as also making jokes about this type of holy order. And we developed this a, a very long time ago, and I've never gotten a chance to play it. And um, the character's original name was Sous Chef Sauté, because he was a... He wasn't like the highest tier of paladin, but he was within the higher within the order. And this is his origins. That's fantastic. That is really awesome. I still remember. So for folks, when we were looking to cast this show, obviously schedules happen and we need to adjust things around. And I tell Kilt, hey, I'm, there might be someone who might not be able to play. Would you want a spot? I immediately get this character sent to me. <laughs> I haven't even offered him a spot on this show and I get this character. Yep. So I'm very happy to have you here with this character. Couple questions. First, I'm just curious, on on Sauté's journey, what kind of roadblocks or what kind of I guess almost competition has he gotten? Obviously, within the order, there's always competition amongst different acolytes trying to show off their fame and their flavors and their expertises. You, he gains experience through that, as well as also hindrances and rivals. And he's a very, if I were to ex truly describe this character, the best way to do it is to take Major Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist and somehow throw him into Food Wars. And that's the character. He's just this massive, flamboyant, um, muscular half-orc who just, everywhere he goes, he's boisterous, he's loud. He's, I'm here to feed you. And we just look at my muscles. And just flexing and just gorgeous man. And he just continues on and just does whatever he can. Now, obviously, he, he'll get some backlash or some roadblocks with languages and specific what's the word my brain just farted on this word cultural sensitivities as well as but he does his best anyways and he still tries to bring forth a full table i'm going to touch a little bit on his weapon so the chef's knife the slicer of life is a great sword it's a great sword and his trusty dough cleaver is a for those who are familiar with pizza of uh, pizza joints they have those big pizza spatulas this is a great axe that is a pizza spatula called the dough cleaver and he has them on his yeah. back along with his prayer wheel which is a giant block of mozzarella and he also has he has some vestments he's 
decked out usually in chain mail. So he clinks around. He has a little salt and pepper shaker on one side. Some other holy herbs and such as well. And has his, his whole amulet. He just... He's a, just a great, great character that I have just gotten so many years to flesh out, and I'm so excited to play this character. It is almost as much fun in my head as playing my other character, Gary the Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I almost actually, just because I've been playing it a lot, I, I almost envision from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Sanguaro, one of the teachers, the home economics teacher. Yes. Who is like this big bulky guy wearing a pink shirt and all, all of his Pokemon are the theme of cute. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he likes sweets. Oh, I love. He them. likes so sweets. Great. He all his entire Pokemon team is all cute Pokemon. It is fantastic. Dante's mentor is actually a, a confectioner of the Saint of Sweets, who is like that. They're that. big. They're bulky. They have just sweet and cute things everywhere, and that's one of that's his mentor. But he is. Of the savory side. So it's a lot more meaty, more rich aromas and just earthy and just deliciousness of that side. So it's like literally the complete opposite. But yes. Do you think slimes can taste? <laughs> they will. <laughs> well, no. Oh my God. And also, you just reminded me I need to finish watching Food Wars. Uh, Such a good series. It made me want to go back to culinary school. I it made me want to start culinary school. Everything through the third season was great. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> anywho, anywho. No, that's really fantastic. I'm really excited to see this character come to life in this series. So to wrap up things, I do have one last question for each of you. And I want to see you to think less about your characters and more about the world they are from. Because unlike the other adventurers that come through Crystal City, the four of you, as well as your two other mates that will be joining us, are all residents of the Crystal City. So, I'm going to start with you, Mikey. You could, I don't want you to give me details of what happened or where you were or that kind of stuff. But I need to ask, how did your world end? Now, when we're talking about world ending, like it, I can no longer go back there. It's completely destroyed. Are we talking like Kingdom Hearts level of like the darkness ate the whole entire thing? <laughs> During your time in the Crystal City at this point in time, to your knowledge, your world was completely destroyed and there's no way to go back. You were somehow magically yanked out of the world milliseconds before it ceased to exist. So one thing that one thing that Ambrose has wanted to prevent as best as he could is because there's such opposition from where he was from between the duality between the church and just the academic sides of magic always being at odds with each other. He came from a city of scholars, but of course as with real life, there are different topics and subjects that one can investigate and spend their time in and to learn about. But there was always this underlying tension between the academic scholars and the religious scholars that were always at odds with one another. But then you take that and you amplify it to a grander scale. 
I think the way that Ambrose's world ended up ending was it imploded on itself through and basically a magic civil war, so to speak, between the academics and the religious folks. It no, it was no longer about having debates and seminars and forums and things like that. It turned into an unbridled animosity towards each other where it just imploded and a full-scale civil war ended up happening out of it. And I think both sides attempted to try to one-up the other, and it just kept going and going until they just, both sides reached an ultimatum, tried to destroy the other in one fell swoop. But like most things, it backfired, leaving the world completely destroyed in the process. Awesome. All right. Dakota, you're next. shit. How um, did your world end? So I think, right, this primal world almost, I think it would have ended by, it's not known how the slimes reproduce, but the slimes do reproduce. They aren't sentient enough to continually develop the world, and there are a limited number of resources. They ate the world to death until there was nothing left, and they slowly died out. There's nothing left. It's a barren hellscape. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> no, that works. That definitely works. That's actually really cool. That's actually in my head when you sent me your idea. That was actually what was coming to my mind. So, nice. Sutfin? It's a very good question. And I think along the lines of what might be with me. Both were saying that there, there was a, a struggle, I guess. The core of the uh, Steve's society, and, and those doors often do sometimes. They, they tend to be obstinate a little bit, and I think they basically just overextended kind of with the time they, not to steal from you, but it was not that they consumed all of everything there, but it was just the fact that they maybe messed where they shouldn't have and maybe opened up some things that they shouldn't have had access to beforehand. And it just kind of got real bad, which I think is where part of Steve's journey to the hill comes from because he saw, he was witness to all this, saw just you know, constantly the struggle and suffering of everybody that just, just went out on there. He, there he is, trying to find his place in and make sense of what was going on in in, in his ring. Incoming transmission. All right. <laughs> that was well timed. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to turn off my incoming message. All good. All right. Kilt. Big question. How did Salte's world end? Three things that just popped into my head. It burned. <laughs> Yep. The world of Fricassee burned. There was a, a rival order that wished to control all of the flavors within the world and keep it for themselves. Obviously, Salte's order, the, a holy, the holy order of the saints of flavor, wished to share that amongst everybody. And the head chef of Flavortown joined them in this battle and Unfortunately, the world burned to a crisp. 
you could say it got really dark and charcoal. I feel like all of these worlds have just turned into like massive black spheres just floating. They're now just asteroids in space. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, hey, that works. It definitely works. But cool. Yeah, you are all of the Crystal City now because to become a resident of the Crystal City is to have your world lost before it's time. So before universes and worlds die all the time, but there are times when things happen when they're not supposed to, off the route of fate. When this happens, whatever being, whatever higher power it is, feels that the residents of that world deserve a second chance. And they are brought here to the Crystal City. When you arrived, there was a home ready for you of your own design. You even had a job of your own. In fact, you had your choice of jobs. Believe it or not. And you, at this point, would be have lived in the Crystal City, I am going to say, for about six months. At this oh, point. good. It's not recent enough that you're still shell-shocked by what happened. I was so just hoping I had some excuse to have a modicum of people skills. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you, it, 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 you've had enough time to where you've been able to, like, I guess... To quote-unquote get over what happened. But it's not so far away that you have completely forgotten about what happened. Or it doesn't still mildly affect you at times. So something to keep in mind about your characters as we progress into session one. And in session one, you'll, meet, you'll get to see the rest of the land where you are at. And you'll get to meet the high mages of the land. I forgot to mention that before. In the middle of the city, there is this very large crystal skyscraper. And at the very top is the high mages, the four high mages. Of, and they, you can almost think of them as the president council, executive council of the city. And you will get to introduce, and you will be introduced to all four of them soon enough at session one. I know this feels like a bit of a quick one, but we still have two more characters to introduce you to. And they will, once I can get a hold of them and get, get that all recorded. So, to the four of you, thank you so much for joining me. This is fun. I can't wait to see all of your characters. I'm so excited. And for those of you listening or watching, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our other two characters here shortly. But until then, see you next time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crystal City of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Actual Play Podcast. Riku is here back, and I am here with our next player, who happened to be able to join us. 
And let's get into introducing you to him. So, Josh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, who, where folks can find you, and just a little about yourself. Yeah, my name is Josh. Folks can find me on YouTube and Patreon at The Questing Cast, which is a project that is not published yet, so you're not going to find anything fun yet. But hopefully <laughs> soon, you'll be able to see our campaign, which is a Savage Worlds 1920s like gangster f- vibe thing that we're doing, which is a lot of fun. And yeah, my background, I, I'm a big old nerd, big science nerd, and I've been doing improv for years and years and DMing for years and playing fifth edition a ton. Excited to get onto an, someone else's project where I don't have to do all the planning <laughs> and all the work. Yeah, looking forward to this a lot. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We've, oh, what do you mean, Mikey, who is the mad lad behind all of this, who ran five games last season and running four more this season. He's insane. So listen, I bow down to him. I bow down to him and his, his endurance to be able to do this. But yeah, but he's really appreciative that I'm running this one and he's not. So anywho, so as I explained to the other players, a little bit of background, I'll give you some of that. I'll let our editors cut this out or not if they want to. But I'll give you a bit of the background. Editors, Uh, yeah, I gotta get some of those. Oh, we started recruiting an entire editing team now. In fact, Dakota, who's one of the players in this campaign, is actually going to be our video editor for us, which is awesome. So he actually is in the campaign. He knows what's going on. He knows what to do. Except that he's getting this as a... Good. (laughs) Just reach over and grab a bag of chips and start. (laughs) Hey, listen, I'm... During the campaign, during sessions, everyone will tell you, I'm normally eating dinner during it, normally like mac and cheese or something, so I, <laughs> I'm i sure that they have plenty of that for me. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So, as a background for the campaign, everyone who is playing is from essentially a different world, a different universe, all of which are connected by this place called the Crystal City. It is essentially the world between worlds, where the multiverse kind of converges. Adventurers tend to happen upon it many times but there are residents of the crystal city it's just that no one really knows how to actually become residents you will find out shortly as your character will be a resident but before we get into that we we got to know a little bit about more your character and where they're originally from go why don't you Introduce us to what you have so far. I might have a few questions about their background and such, but uh, let's just dive into what kind of concept you have. All right. So I worked on this a lot today during my very slow day at work. And I was thinking, I've even gotten an idea on how they get to the Crystal City, but this is totally just scratch so we can change it if you have other ideas. But I am thinking of playing Kithira, a Warforged who is a sorcerer, a clockwork sorcerer. And they are from a place where they do not have other, like, organic, sentient beings. So, Kithira originates in a plane or a world that's, like, solely inhabited by this artificial intelligence that all these artificial intelligence come together, interact, and form this like hive mind basically they live in the cyberspace or whatever you know very cyberpunk but also like sci-fi and this hive mind entity is called elysium and 
where, what was there before who created the hive mind? I didn't figure that out. I don't know. Maybe it's a mystery. Maybe it's been forgotten or it's suppressed because the hive mind is evil or whatever. But at some point, this Elysium f learns about the, like, my thought was some point Elysium learns about the Crystal City and then, like, generates Kathira. And I was thinking two other sort of manifestations, drones, whatever you want to call them. But they have an independent personality and, like, they have their own existence and sends them to the crystal city to start figure this thing out what are these organics what are this what is this world that is so foreign and different and then my further idea was that at some point pretty early on in this mission these three entities these three warforged lose contact with elysium and then they have to figure out what do we do now and Kathira is, I, we should just continue doing the mission. Let's just keep, like, observing and learning and sending reports, even if we know that they're not going anywhere and we can't get home or whatever. Like, I, I'm just here to explore and learn and, and figure out what this world is about. But the other two, I think, are have very different, like, views of the organics, and they split up and go off on their own ways. So I can give you those like what my view those other two characters as I, that's it's up to you whether you ever want to use them that's my thought process here and i know i got into it without knowing very much about the crystal no. city and to be honest and i was i I, and I'll get into it a little bit later, but your concept actually fits really well with the story i have in mind cool and, that. yeah when you have eventually lost contact with Elysium, what did it feel like? Was it just a set, was it like almost like a static lose, like you just went out into the woods and lost cell reception, or was it just... I don't think they were really like plugged in like the Borg, like they have a yeah. constant connection. I think they were out here in the field gathering research. Maybe when they were disconnected from Elysium and put into an individual body. That's probably what it felt like, losing your connection with the Borg. But once they were out there, they were just like, we're sending in our weekly report. And then nobody answered. Ah. And then they were like, hey, is anybody there? And nobody answered. And then they were like, whatever technology they use to get there, I don't know whether it was teleportation or they're like, let's try and beam home. And it didn't work and mm. just stuck there. Okay. Yeah, and I think your character, out of everybody else, and I'll go into this in a little detail, but out of everybody else, I think you're going to be the character that has the most familiarity with the with the Crystal City. I see them being one of the adventures that have passed through and have witnessed this seemingly fairy tale land that talks about, but no one believes it's real unless they see it. But there's still, I think, because they're such a foreign entity, everything, even though maybe they've seen it once or twice before, mm -hmm. they're just like, I do not understand. <laughs> they're like, data, what does it yeah. mean to be human? <laughs> like, And what makes it interesting is that these travelers who come to this world, to the Crystal City, are from multiple different multiverses. Multi Soldiers mm -hmm. are so different. The types of people, races, everything is so different that it's probably like almost information overload. One thing ends up contradicting the other. Yeah. And just trying to make sense of it all. 
so to, so to try to make sense of it all, Fira has like, and again, I don't know how long they've been out of contact. And mm. we can, could be a week, mm. it could be a year, it could be longer. I don't know. It's to, I'll work with you on that. But they have been working as a private investigator because it allows them to probe into and understand the more secrets and the inner lives of people and this society and kind of continue the mission as they Mm -hmm. think they're doing. But maybe they also just think it's fun. Maybe that's not something they would confess to the other two drones, but they would, this is actually great. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, cool. No, I really like that. I really like that idea. I think I think it fits well in. One thing that you all learn about the Crystal City is, at this point in the timeline, you would know about this. The Crystal City kind of has a high council of mages, one of which is also a Clockwork Soul Sorcerer. It's actually Ooh. a Clockwork Soul Sorcerer, an Aberrant Mind Sorcerer, a Graviturgy Wizard, and a Chronoturgy Wizard. Oh, he's doing way more multi-classing than I can handle. So, so it's basically the Mage of Time, Mage of Space, Mage of oh. Matter, Mage of Mind. He's... That's like my yeah. fifth Star Trek reference here. But he's, yeah, it's four different people. It's four different people. Oh, okay. It's four yeah, different yeah. So it's like a council of mages who essentially oversee the city. So I see your character eventually having some kind of connection to them since you are also, you are a warforged, you are a clockwork soul sorcerer yourself. And that also gives you a much higher insight into the city as well. So I think, I, I think you still could go that private investigator route, but I think you may have met them a lot sooner than anyone really does. I think if I met them, it was through my two companions because okay. i think they're the ambitious ones the ones who are like seeking power or are interested in the idea of power and maybe oh, whatever whereas i'm more interested in the minutia of life but i can totally see a mission or like early on like we all went together and introduced ourselves uh, or however interacted with with the power structure and then once connection got lost i was like i'm more interested in finding cats and trees or <laughs> why is this medallion so important to you i'm gonna go look for it you know, yes awesome the biggest question so i was talking a lot with the other players and having them think about their home worlds and where they're from the biggest question that i gave each of them was this how did your world end and the reason I asked that, and it fit really well with losing contact with Elysium, because yeah. in order to become a resident of the Crystal City, that is where beings who lost their wor- worlds before they were supposed to end up. Got it. I could see while you are, like, whether you're staying at one of the hotels there or just traveling through, all of a sudden you find yourself with a key to a home there in the Crystal City, you are now a resident. That's like, you were there when it happened. Like, you just lost that contact. You didn't get transported there. It just happened. Do you want me, Josh, to give you theories about what happened? Or do you want... Because what I think is... What I think the mystery of... The big mystery for Kathira is what did happen to Elysium. And, but I, I can give you my theories as a as the creator of Kathira, but I almost want to give you permission to be like to have your own like fiat over that. Yeah. Now that I now that you mentioned that and I just thought, you know what, maybe we don't want to know. 
Maybe we don't want to know just yet. Maybe that is part of your character's story of slowly discovering what actually happened and how things happened. So I think that actually is a pretty pretty fun angle to go off of, cool. in my opinion. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Kathira will come up with ideas and like mm. shoot them to the other party members as we find little clues and things in, about what happened to other civilizations. So, yeah, yeah, I think that could be a, a good like raison d'etre to like because he's an investigator. Yeah. They're an investigator. I think I want them to be they, them pronouns because robots, what, gender? What is gender? (laughs) No, I like that. I like that a lot. Awesome. No, that's really cool. I am very intrigued by this. We have such a interesting, eclectic group of folks. We have a slime that comes from a world of just slimes. We have we have a half orc that is looking to become the greatest chef, who is a paladin of the Order of Flavors. Okay, um, <laughs> it's really cool. We have someone who's left their who's left their faith, who mm. has seen things is very much like more than just what they've been taught. It's very in- it's a very interesting group. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially seeing all of you mixed together. These I was hoping for such a diverse group of characters that this is going to be this is going to be a fun campaign. Is there any plan to have us have any of the characters do they know each other before session 1 or are we all going to be I don't want to spoilers at all, but sometimes DMs want your characters to have some connection. But Yeah. So, I am thinking... And that would be hard hard to do for me, particularly, because I'm not meeting with them. Like I said, with we do have one more player to go through this, and I want to see where he goes with his character, too. And then after that, over the next couple days, I'll probably reach out to you all and be like, so how does this sound for a familial connection for you all? I want you all to have some sort of familiarity, whether it's just baseline your neighbors or something like that, or a more investigative party at the start. I don't know yet. I don't, I'm still trying to figure that out, but I want to see where this last character lands and go from there. Yeah, no, I'm the same way before I get into the nuts and bolts of writing or adventure planning. I'm like, I need to know your characters. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Last question I have for you. And this is more of a housekeeping thing. Do you want notebook, the red notebook or the orange notebook? Ooh. This has nothing to do with the game. It's in Discord. Right. <laughs> oh, it has nothing to do with the game. I thought it was like, ooh, dude. Oh, no. So here's so an item each... that might do a thing. Oh, no. Least... You each have a you each have your own private notebook in the Discord to write in, and they're just color-coded for each of you. I just need to know which one to assign to you. I'll take red. All right. Yeah. I'll go ahead and get that set up for you here in a bit. But yeah, that was pretty much it. I love your character. I love to see what they come up with. Do you have any other questions or any other thoughts that you want to bring up before we wrap things up? My only one thought is I I know sorcerers do not get familiars very easily. Mm-hmm. Do all kinds of multi-classing to have that happen. <laughs> but I really want like a weird little robot orb like almost the guy from, is it Bio, not Bioshock? The one that's future space punk and you have to go 
fight your way to the vault, and you have the little robot from Destiny. From Destiny, uh, I know what you're talking. Dude, I'm not ahead. talking about, S but that is also an, a Halo yeah. thing for sure. Yeah, a little robot companion at some point. It's just a okay. weird thing. Yeah, let me think about that a bit. Yeah, they don't have to uh, do anything. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. It has been really great to hear more about your character. I'm really excited to get a chance to play with you. We love bringing in especially new faces into this group. I know you're going to love everybody else. It, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for us. When we come back, we'll have our final player, Casey, with a little bit of a special version of the Session Zero with him because this weekend I'm actually going down to Chicago and... He's actually a good friend of mine, and I'm actually staying with him. So we're actually going to be doing our session zero live and in person. Room. Wild. <laughs> going to break out the iPhone camera and see how that works out. So that should be fun. <laughs> I thought I got a little bit of a Midwest thing from you, or yep, East I, Coast at least. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, so funny enough, east, I east of the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> so I currently live in I currently live in Wisconsin, in Madison, ah. Wisconsin. But I'm originally from New York City. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so you got, like, exactly that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> cool. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for part three, and we'll catch you all next time. See you later. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crystal City Session Zero. This is Riku here, and uh, we finally have our final player of this campaign. Allow me to introduce you to a good friend of mine, Casey. Casey, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name's Casey from Chicago, and Riku asked me to share like where you can reach me at. You can reach me on the phone. How about that? I don't do a lot of social media, though so I do your basic Facebook. I do have a, uh, some other ones as well, but we'll get there if it needs to be. My background uh, in D&D or role-playing games is pretty brief, actually. I've, I've only just started playing my first serious game a couple of years ago. We only meet about once a month, once every other month, if we get our schedules together. This is still newer to me. Where As we set up my character, I'm going to be a dummy today. I need all the help of everyone around me because I I feel like I'm starting over here. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to join you guys, though. This is going to be a lot of fun. Fantastic. And nothing really to worry about. We're... Completely non-judgmental here. We're uh -huh. very friendly, and everyone is here to help. So, why you lied to this man? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody but Mikey. <laughs> forget you too, bud. Yes, and we do have some of the rest of the gang here for this final part, hanging out and can give their peanut gallery comments as they'd like, as well as help us out. We're a big family here. We love introducing people to the world of TTRPG, so we're more than happy to help in any way possible. Before before we get into anything, just to give you a quick recap, I know we talked offline a little bit about it, but the Crystal City in general is based on the Journeys to the Radiant Citadel. It's not exactly the same as it, it's but it is taking a lot of inspiration from it and the themes in it. The adventures you'll be going on are from the actual book from it, so we'll have 
a lot of, for those of you listening, if you've read through Journeys, then a lot of these adventures may seem very familiar, with just small twists here and there. Your characters are coming from completely different worlds, different universes to this world, so something to think about is that you can make your character as unique as you want, especially with the world that they're from. So why don't, Casey, why don't you go ahead and tell me what you're thinking with your character? What are the ideas of who your character is, where they're from, and a little bit about? Sure. I actually don't know where my character is from specifically. That is something that is not as important to me as some of the other parts of it. But we can, so we can discover that as we need to. My character is a water gymman, so I'm very happy to be an elemental. And, and I'm going to be a druid, which we've decided. A druid is going to be fun with a water elemental. I think that's going to be an interesting thing that I'm going to dive into a little bit more. I see the I see any water elemental as obviously being fluid in many ways. In many ways. I also see the character as possibly being both in touch with emotions of myself and other people, as well as slightly manipulative, possibly. And so that, that can go in a couple different directions as well. Although I do see myself pretty much it's generally good with some chaos in there. I do the spirit of what I've run up on on this race as being as specifically as the water genasi, tending to be a little bit more independent. And I, I do plan on being fairly social, but I think that moody is a word that is going to come is going to come into play as well. So I, I would like to ebb and flow throughout the throughout the campaign, molding myself around other people and using those using those instances. That should be a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. First off, I always love my chaotic good characters. The that's pretty much this entire community is chaotic stupid. So it's a lot of fun. And I like the idea of your characters being more in touch with the emotional side of things. Thinking about a little bit where they're from, you say being in touch with being an elemental creature, being a character. I almost see your character coming from a more elemental type world. Dare I say water world? <laughs> yeah, that was my thought too. I just didn't have a name. I didn't have a specific. Oh, don't worry too much about that. Okay, okay yes. But definitely a water world. I am going to say that I'm probably going to have some sort of some sort of dramatic instance in the past that that pushed me out of that water into some. Realm. And like my other campaign, like the idea of trying to get back there eventually is a yearning, is a pulling and yearning, and being between two. Oh, it sounds about it sounds about good. Everyone here has a certain traumatic experience that took them away from their world. Because as I've been telling everybody, and the big question, to become a resident of the Crystal City, which you all are, your world actually has to end prematurely. So the question that I have for you, and if you don't have a direct answer right now, that's fine. We can, this can be something that we can discuss a little more, or maybe discover throughout your journey, is how did your world end? What was the event or what was the cause of your world ending that caused you to be essentially transported to the Crystal City? Yeah, so I think the most natural way that a water world is going to end is through some sort of a drought. Oh, so, the great draining, we'll call it. <laughs> yes. Like the toilet flusheth, there goes my world. Someone pulled the wrong lever. <laughs> yes, <it was> a- <laughs> all right, all right. Do you see your character maybe having a specific place in 
the society that they're in? Were they higher up noble? Were they more of a commoner? Did they play a specific role in society? I would say that my I'm gonna I'm gonna take some personal behaviors as well. Uh, more of a dabbler. I don't like to I don't like to necessarily overcommit myself to anything. I dabble in this. I dabble in that. I like really like magic. Really like the earth, nature. I love using nature. I love using nature to form things. Hence the druidic spirit that I have there. I also do love people. So I love the people that, that I meet that I'm around. Some of them more than others, obviously. So I don't see myself as being, let me just, I'm not bougie. Okay. I'm not bougie at all, but I, but I, but I am a person who gets them. Awesome. Awesome. Really cool. <laughs> let me think. No, this character sounds really interesting. I could definitely see, I could definitely see the connection you have to your world, even with the elementals and the people around you and the yearning to get back regardless of the experience you had. Yeah. Just a little background in the Crystal City. You've been there for about six months now. It's fairly recent to what to when the event happened, but far enough away to where you're starting to really adjust to life in this new city. Yeah. Trying to think of anything else. Do you have any questions for me about the world or the maybe something interesting that you were trying to figure out with your character? No, I so being a wanderer, being a dabbler, I do like to discover things naturally. I do know that. I don't really, I want to make sure that I'm not trying to over control my surroundings because sometimes that ruins the experience of my character. Mm. And so I want to flow in and out of experiences. Look at me using those watery words. I want to flow in and out. I want, I want some things to be a surprise because I do bore. And when <laughs> I get bored, then I probably go a little bit more chaotic. All right. Um, maybe a little more mischievous because I don't like to be bored. That is a thing that that, that could cause a little bit of ruckus. All right. And for everyone else too, so. That's where the manipulation comes in. You're bored, <laughs> so I decide to manipulate get them to entertain me. Start having, start having fun <laughs> with people. Get that charisma score yeah. high. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that's awesome. I'm really excited to see where we take this character. Trust me, you're you're not going to be bored with some of the stuff, especially this first little adventure I'll be sending y'all on. There'll be plenty of times for a little bit of fun and games. But we're really excited to have you. I can't wait to see where this character goes. And for when it comes to Session Zero in general, everybody, that's it. That is everybody, all six of our wonderful cast of characters. When we return next time, we'll be jumping right into the story of the Crystal City, where these six are, how do they know each other, and what is their first adventure that they'll be going on? What world shall they see first? On behalf of everybody, thank you so much for listening. Remember, stay tuned, like, comment, and subscribe. We're on YouTube now, so I can actually say that. I don't have to feel... Oh, Dakota, I'm expecting some crazy graphics when i say that too you've asked for it now oh boy <laughs> anyway catch y'all next time and we will see you at session one this has been a vibe tribe production remember take care of each other love one another and as always keep those good times rolling we'll see you next time